It's our job to tell better stories. And always remember, it's the risk takers that are rewarded. People are sick and tired of being marketed to, and they're sick and tired of being sold. The single biggest story today in sales and marketing is how our customers are buying different Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of the Growth Hub podcast brought to you by SaaS marketing agency Advanced B2B. It's your host here Edward Ford and joining us today is Liam Bugar, brand strategist and former brand director at Algolia whose hosted search engine API provides developers, engineers and product teams with a platform for building search into their business. Soon after moving from Silicon Valley to Paris, Liam launched Rude Baguette a blog about the French startup scene, and turned it into a 15-person company organizing 10 conferences per year, bringing together 25,000 participants from over 50 countries. Liam then joined the Algolia team as brand director, and in this episode, he opens up on one of the most critically important issues in modern-day B2B SaaS, and that's brand. So Liam shares his thoughts on what brand actually is and why it is indeed so critically important nowadays, his responsibilities as brand director and how Algolia developed a brand strategy that really spoke to their core audience. He also shares how to align everyone within your company around your brand and the challenges of brand consistency externally, in particular across international borders when it comes to things like language and culture and how companies can tackle this. And also some of Algolia's most successful brand campaigns and projects alongside how to measure the performance of your brand. Also, stay tuned to the end of the episode where Liam takes on our Fast Five challenge, which he described at the end of the interview as more of a leisurely stroll, along with his best piece of advice for fellow SaaS growth marketers. So here is episode 16 of the Growth Hub podcast with Liam Bugar, former brand director at Algolia. Well, welcome to the Growth Hub podcast, everyone, and welcome to the show, Liam Bugar, who is joining us to talk about brand marketing and some of the things you did at Algolia as brand director. So thanks so much for joining us, Liam. Yeah, thanks for having me. Great to be here. Yeah, we're thrilled to have you on the show. And uh, this is quite interesting because Algolia is a SaaS company that has French founders from Paris, but it's headquartered in California and you're Californian living in Paris. So uh, first question would be, why did you decide to, to move from California to France? Yeah, uh, that's a that's a really good question. Yeah, so I, I actually grew up in uh, Menlo Park. Um, my, my parents worked in the Silicon Valley, and, and so I spent the first, uh, well, I spent my entire life there until I moved to Paris uh, eight years ago. And um, one of the reasons I moved was, I, I think both of the reasons are really personal. Um, not personal as an in intimate, but personal as in not professional. Um, one was, uh, there was a French girl, and she was pretty, and I thought, why not? Um, but the other one was, uh, and, and I started to reflect on this in the past 12 months, it was really, I graduated from college in 2010, um, and, and I had a lot of friends who had graduated the year before, and it was a really tough time in America. Um, I, I think we've sort of forgotten which, uh, the, the, the impact that the financial crisis had um, back then, but in 2009, it was really tough to get a job. Um, and I, I watched a lot of my friends graduate and either stick stick with whatever their college job was. I was a bus driver in college, so I had a lot of friends who were driving buses after getting a degree from the University of California. Um, and I thought, well, that's not as interesting as I wanted life to be. Uh, and then I had people just living at home or, or, or they were, you know, or for the very few of them who were also from the Silicon Valley, working at like Twitter as like a junior account manager, taking whatever job you could get 
um, in a company that had venture capital because the public markets weren't doing so great. And uh, I, I just wasn't really interested in going down that route. It didn't seem like the most appealing, like the best use of my time. Um, and so this this opportunity in the form of a, of a, a lingering girlfriend um, ha had come up and I thought, okay, I can move to France. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so I took the leap. I bought a one-way ticket with the, the last paycheck that I got as a bus driver. And uh, I packed one suitcase and I moved to France. Okay, awesome. I can actually totally relate to that as a British guy who hopped on a one-way flight to Helsinki, Finland. So very similar story to to myself. So great to know. And actually in this episode, we're, we're going to be exploring the world of brand marketing and some of the things you've done at Algolia. But I guess before we do that, let's let's take a step back and I could start off by asking, what exactly is brand? How would you define it? That's a really good question. Um, uh, so there's a really good quote that I like, um, which comes from uh, Netflix's former VP of marketing, or uh, excuse me, of uh, Netflix's former VP of product. Um, and he recently wrote um, an article uh, that's on Medium uh, about building brand and really about the, the relationship that Netflix has to its brand. And he said something that, I re that really stuck with me and I, I share it all the time, which is marketing defines the brand and product brings the brand to life by building a great product. Together, the two teams hope to create a world-class brand and product. And I think that sums up a lot of my relationship to brand, which is brand for me sits squarely inside marketing. And in fact, I think the best marketing strategy is a brand strategy and the best, the best marketing execution is executing on the, the idea of creating a solid experience from a brand perspective. Um, um, but it also, it, 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 it also works with so many other things. Um, like brand, brand is like the, the intangible uh, emotional relationship that we have with non-physical entities, non-people, right? You would like, the, the relationship that we have to Netflix, the relationship that we have to Apple, isn't a, 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 a function of our, our utility, right? Uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a function of the underlying theme of the stories that these, that these companies, products, and businesses tell. Um, you know, it, it, it's very similar, it, it, you know, we see it a lot in luxury goods. Luxury goods are really easy to identify brands in because it's all brand. Um, it's, it's high quality materials, which justify an, an increase in price, but, but most of what you're paying for is a brand story. Um, and, and, and so that's really the relationship that I come at it with. Um, but that being said, I, I really did fall into this brand world by accident. Um, I, I think like, uh, like most people who end up doing this, I, I really just had an intuitive love for telling stories. Um, and, and, and as I started to explain to people um, and, and to uh, one of the Algolia founders, uh, Nicolas Desagne, what I wanted to do, um, uh, the word brand came out pretty quickly. Yeah, actually, how, how big a role does storytelling play in brand? You know, I, I, I think everything is storytelling. I think a paid ad is storytelling. I think a webinar is storytelling, right? Um, I, I would argue that if you have a marketing strategy that isn't 100% related to a story, uh, or, or as I like to call it conversations, because I feel like conversations, uh, especially in the 21st century, have a much more flexible connotation than a story. A story is like a long book. I don't want to read a story about a brand. I want to have a conversation with a brand. I might start that conversation and stop it, and I might pick it up later. But there's a lot of context. You're not going to you're not going to introduce yourself the fifth time you've met me, and I'm gonna and it's going to evolve. Um, 
but um, I think um, I, I, almost everything that I've done as a as a brand person, as a strategist, I guess, um, and as a marketer has been in the context of what is the story that I want to tell? What is the conversation that I'm currently having to tell that, to, to, to push that forward? And, and what impression is the person I'm talking to going to walk away from? And, and that's really how, if you're constantly thinking about why you're doing what you're doing, um, not necessarily metric related, but in terms of what you're trying to accomplish, uh, and you're keeping in mind what is this person or, or this segment or this, uh, this conference already know about me and what do they not already know, then I think you end up uh, intuitively or explicitly building uh, a, a brand around that. Yeah, and if we focus in on the consolidated world of, of SaaS that we have nowadays, why is brand so, so critically important within SaaS? Yeah, um, I, I recently saw this, uh, one of those landscape outliers, and they were showing that there's, there's like 5,000 MarTech companies or something, or 5,000 SaaS companies that exist. There's so much going on that you either have 30 competitors or you are doing something that no one's ever done before that doesn't have a name. Either way, the only way that you're going to uh, compete uh, is going to be on perception. Uh, it's not, you're not going to beat Salesforce on features or on price. So if you're a CRM, you're going to have to beat people on perception. You're going to have to tell them a story. You're going to have to get them behind you. Uh, you had, you had uh, Guillaume on, uh, G on from Drift uh, before. Uh, and, and Drift is a great example. They, their product is an embodiment of a story that they're telling everyone through their brand. Uh, and, and, and their ability to, to, to survive in the SaaS uh, uh, ecosystem uh, and as a SaaS company is based on their ability to, convince, to, to build an emotional relationship uh, between, with their uh, users. And, and I think that's what makes brand so important. Brand is the... Uh, taking taking everything that's internal and making it external and taking everything that's implicit and making it explicit. Yeah, and if we look at your role as brand director at Algolia, can you tell us, you know, what were you actually responsible for in this role? Yeah, so, so as a brand director of Algolia, um, I, had, I had things that I was directly responsible for and I had things that I indirectly interacted with. Um, so uh, directly, I was in charge of content and communications. Um, I, I ultimately ended up hiring a, a head of content and a head of comms um, who are uh, amazing at what they do. Um, and, and really the broad spectrum um, uh, set of responsibilities that I had was around top of funnel, around awareness. Um, I, I, uh, I personally feel that brand goes beyond uh, awareness. Uh, I think uh, you can look at email drip campaigns and say that if you have uh, on-brand messaging at an awareness level, but that your drip campaigns are off-brand, that it's going to it's going to negatively impact you. Um, uh, so I and and so in addition to working on content and comms, I also worked really closely with the design team uh, and the events team. Uh, events at Algolia is is uh, a huge part of uh, what we do, um, and and there's a few reasons, and it ultimately comes back to to brand. One is uh, we host a lot of events, both in our SF office and our Paris office, and in the future. Actually, we've done events in New York, London, and uh, Atlanta. Um, however, uh, in our SF and in Paris offices, we have offices that are big enough to actually host 100 or even 200 person meetups. Um, and, and that's part of our goal to, to create an ecosystem and, and help other people be successful. So, so just by providing a platform for people to be successful, it's, it's underscoring 
the 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 brand of Algolia, which is very much um, uh, um, I wouldn't quite say a hero, but really uh, a supporter. We're we're really uh, a supporting brand. We want to educate people. We want to help them. Um, and, and the other reason um, is that uh, due to the nature of Algolia being a very complex product with with a lot of um, brand equity being thrown around the word search with Google and Facebook and Amazon and Apple and Microsoft and other people, uh, the longer the conversation that we can have with people, the more like the more able we are to get them to understand what we do and to educate them. And so we found really early on that events were a great opportunity because we could have four minute, five minute conversations instead of four second, five second with uh, you know traditional online uh, marketing. And so uh, events events ultimately ended up being a, a big part of brand. So I, I work really closely with them to design everything from um, stickers that we give out uh, to to leaflets, to the backdrops, to the talks that we give on stage. Um, so the, the communications team works directly with executives uh, to set up speaking opportunities and really look at okay, what what part of the Algolia story are we telling today? Are we telling? Are we pushing the product story forward, the company story, uh, uh, the business story? Um, and 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 those three things, product, company, and business, really are what make up a brand. Um, one of the things I always say is the best brands. Uh, maintain a, a holy trinity. Um, that is, they tell three distinct stories, uh, a product story, a company story, and a business story that are simultaneously distinct and the exact same story. Um, and so, and that, and that means that whatever you're looking at, whether it's going to talk to a journalist or going to speak on stage or your website uh, or social media, you really have to ask yourself, are we telling a product story, a company story, or a business story? Yeah, and Algolia as a product is, is built for developers and engineers. And as a group, they have a bit of a reputation of being, you know, fairly direct and uh, opinionated. So tell us about your brand strategy and how did you go about building a brand that spoke to your core user base? Yeah. Um, so, so when I first arrived there, there was, um, there was obviously a need for content. Um, that was one of the reasons I was brought in my previous, uh, before I was at Algolia, I, I, I built a blog called the rude baguette, which was a, English language blog covering the, the French uh, ecosystem. Um, and so when I came in, one of the first things they said is, take this blog, we've been writing some stuff on it, but we, we, uh, we've been writing content on it. Uh, in fact, they've been writing very good content on it, but they wanted to go from writing one a month to one a week to one a day to wherever, wherever, they, wherever they thought I thought I could take it. Um, and so the first thing I did when I came in is I said, um, look, if there's one thing that works really well for Algolia, it's it's that engineers are speaking to engineers um, from the very our, both of our founders are engineers. Uh, the first hire was an engineer. Uh, e even our VP of sales is 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 an engineer, and and that makes that that has a big impact on the on the type of conversations that we have with people and, and the way we prioritize communication. And so one of the first things I did is I said in order for us to be successful from a content strategy perspective, uh, we need all of the articles to be written by, by engineers. Um, especially for developer marketing, authenticity is one of the most important things. I would argue for any person that you're speaking to, but it seems to be, uh, it is necessary uh, just to exist in the developer tools landscape. Uh, if you're a SaaS API to speak authentically, I, I feel like if you're selling to a, a sales persona or a marketing persona, you, you don't have to be authentic. I would personally always choose to be honest and, and real with whoever I was talking to, but with developers, it's, it's necessary. You cannot, have a conversation with them if they think you're lying, if they think you're selling them something that isn't real. 
you know, we could never say we're the best thing no matter what you're doing. It just doesn't work with developers because they know that's never true. Um, and so we had to really come in and say, this is what we're good at. We'd love to tell you more about how what we do can benefit your use case. Uh, we can also show you some, some, some tips that, that you can use, whether you use us or whether you build on open source or whatever you end up doing. Uh, and, and so the first thing was when we started to figure out that editorial strategy, we realized that the best way we could get forward was going to be through education. And then from a content perspective, uh, what I ended up doing is saying, instead of trying to get a content team that, that could write with the same level of authenticity as our engineers, why don't we just help our engineers write more? Uh, and so um, about three months in, I, I pitched an idea to the company, which was, I will spend all my time working with engineers so that they spend as little time as possible producing uh, authentic, great content. They don't have to sell out Golia. They don't have to they don't have to do a pitch and say, sign up for a webinar. All they have to do is write about something that they want to write about. And then all we do is help them find ideas, help them see how what they're doing can actually be an article. Um, and so that, that's a really good um, uh, uh, sort of implementation of, of a brand strategy. You, you look at a brand and you say, you know, what do we want to be? Oh, we want to educate developers. We want to make their lives easier. We want them to understand what search is because we believe that if they have less uh, fear about how complicated search can be, uh, that they'll ultimately choose us because, because, because of, of what we teach them, because of their understanding of, of how search works. And uh, that ended up being a huge uh, uh, win for us. Yeah, and you somewhat picked up on this in, in that answer you just gave, but brand building is very much a team effort since, of course, it starts with marketing and with brand awareness, but it extends through every touch point someone has with your company, whether it's a sales call, an onboarding email, the product UX itself, meeting people face-to-face -face at events, which was of course a big thing for, for you guys at Algolia. So how did you ensure that the whole Algolia organization was aligned and buying into brand? Yeah, um, I, I think the first thing is internal evangelization. I think the number one priority with almost anything that you do, but specifically in marketing, there is, a, uh, uh, there is an obligation to evangelize internally what you're doing that is uh, be because it's less obvious to everyone else what's going on. An engineer doesn't have to evangelize their work because they do releases. A salesperson doesn't have to evangelize their work because they close deals. There are, there are very easy um, uh, signs of what they're working on. Uh, with, with marketing and especially with brand, one, you have to explain to people what you're doing because they don't understand. That's even, even within marketing, uh, it, 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 I, I made an effort to make sure people understood uh, what I was doing and, and why I was approaching it. And, and if I was working on something with them, what I thought I was bringing to the table and what I thought they were bringing to the table. Um, and, and, so, and so as soon as we, as we began flushing out our brand strategy and, and, and that wasn't done uh, uh, in a, in a bubble that was done with the help from the marketing team, with the sales team, uh, with almost every one of the execs, uh, including the founders at the time, uh, there was really an effort to say, okay, we want to try to take something that is implicitly understood, which is who we are. And we want to put it on paper. Uh, I personally use what's called a brand strategy canvas. Uh, I think you can use pretty much any thing that you find. If you Google building a brand strategy or defining your brand, there's a, there's a, a bunch of tools out there. Uh, one was recommended to me that looked 
uh, like it would cover what we needed, and it's called the Brand Strategy Canvas. You can find it on the internet pretty easily. Uh, it looks a lot like doing your sort of your standard like startup canvas, like what's our business model, except it's adapted to your brand. Um, and so we built that out with the help of the founders, the marketing team, uh, the sales team engineers, and then we pitched it internally. And we said, here, this is what we've been working on. Um, and then we said, and then we showed people, here's how this brand is going to apply to the next things that we do. And here's, here's how you can use it. Uh, and we really explained to people um, uh, what the goal of a brand was. Uh, the goal of a brand isn't to, isn't to force you to change your, isn't to impose words on you. Um, you know, when you define things in a brand, like, uh, uh, like we want to be supportive and, and attentive as a brand, um, you, that's not, you're not telling people to say, Hey, I support you and I'm listening to you. We're, we're just giving people a, a lens through which to look at, um, different problems or different operations that you might execute in the company. Uh, and, and so, and, and that sort of leads to the second thing that I think is important to, to create this sort of company wide alignment, which is you have to make it as easy as possible for people to do. You can't expect people to do your job for you. Um, I don't, I didn't expect engineers to be great writers. Some of them are but I didn't expect it. Uh, and even if they are great writers, writing is a function of time. And so we really wanted to make it as easy as possible for people to do that because we knew what it was bringing us and they knew what it was bringing us. Um, and so I think that's a huge thing when you're, when you're trying to get brand alignment is you can't be hands-on on everything. I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna sync with the customer success team every single week and say, hey, can you show me the emails you sent so I can make sure they're on brand? So you need to make sure that, that uh, it is easy to understand and easy to execute. Um, and luckily with Algolia, um, brand, uh, brand is so closely tied to the company culture and company culture is so deep in Algolia that it really wasn't, there, there wasn't much of an issue of saying, hey, this is off brand. There's very little things that come out of Algolia that, um, that are off brand, if anything. Um, uh, Perhaps the most off-brand thing would be me making that statement just because humility is such a big part of Algolia. <laughs> um, that, that might actually be the most off-brand thing that, that you'll hear coming out of Algolia is, is uh, me. Um, and, but um, what, what, what has made Algolia successful has been the fact that uh, what explicitly became our, our brand strategy was so closely uh, and intimately tied to, to the company culture, which was so deeply integrated uh, in, in the company, that there it wasn't so much about changing habits, even at 150 people, as much as it was about putting a, a language to the actions we were already taking. Um, there was a really, when I first got to Algolia, there was a really interesting quote um, that, that I pulled away from someone, which was, uh, Algolia is the kind of place where everyone's on the same page uh, intuitively, about where the product's going, where the company's going, where the business is going. However, as soon as you try to put the words on paper, everyone's going to disagree about what the words are. Um, and, and that I found always to be very interesting. I don't think that's uh, as much the case today as, as, when, I, as when we arrived. Um, but you really see the, the difference between sort of uh, everyone having a common intuitive understanding and, and taking that and turning it into an explicit uh, 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 set of guidelines. Yeah, so, so if we kind of move then from that internal perspective of brand to, to an external perspective of brand. And Algolia, of course, is a global product. It's used by people all across the world. So how did you then ensure brand consistency, for example, across countries and languages uh, and cultures? 
Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. That's not actually a problem that Algolia has, has had to deal with. Uh, cultures is, is maybe a, a different perspective, but uh, Algolia only communicates in English. Um, you pointed out that the founders are French and we, and we have a, 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 a large part of our company is, is based in Paris. Uh, we speak English in the office, uh, in every single office that we have. Um, and uh, that, that, that largely um, hasn't been an issue. And, and it's been a, a really proactive decision to say, um, you know, we have customers in one, more than 100 countries. Um, and all of those people were able to come to us despite the fact that we weren't necessarily in their native language. Um, that being said, um, similarly to, to what was necessary for me to be able to work at Algolia uh, while I did, uh, I think that uh, the most important thing to be able to take a brand strategy that works in English or whatever language you start in uh, and, and transmit it to other languages, other countries and other cultures is trust. Um, you have to trust, ultimately you are going to get to a point where someone is talking about you or your brand or the company you built if you're a founder uh, in a language and with words that you don't understand. Uh, and in order to get there, you have to have trust. Uh, you have to just say, I believe that this person understands what we are trying to communicate and is adequately communicating that um, in their language. Um, and I think that's the best you can do. You can try to get people who are bilingual all day long in order to manage that gap uh, initially. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to find people and say, oh, I see that you have understood what our brand is in this language and in, in, into the global culture. Now I would like you to dive deeper in, in your market. Yeah, I, I think this is quite interesting. And I think it might be more specific to European companies because, of course, American SaaS companies, they just think global from day one, whereas in Europe, we have so many countries, languages, different cultures, yeah. that often European SaaS companies might take quite a local look when they start out at their local country and, and culture, and, and they don't necessarily think about that when they expand. So it's quite interesting. It might be more of a, a European challenge rather than an American one per se. But I, I, yeah, I, think, it's, I think it's not just a, a European challenge, and it's true that you see that a lot. I think it also very much is dependent on the persona that you touch. Uh, you know, we're a, we're a self, uh, Algolia is a self-serve developer tools product. Um, uh, and, and you can take a lot of things out of that. If we were a self-serve product selling to marketing teams, um, that would imply that we're selling to SMB marketers, right? Uh, or marketers inside of SMBs. That would require a lot of localization in order to be successful. Because it's not a given that a German marketer speaks English. I'm not saying they don't, but it's not a given. It's not a given that a Finnish marketer would speak English. I think they would, but it's not a given. Yeah. I've, I've been to Helsinki. I, you know, every bartender, cafe owner, and, and karaoke bar manager uh, spoke English. However, maybe that's just because I was in a certain part of town. Um, however, uh, developers uh, largely, whether that, whether that should be the case or not, largely they speak English. Um, and they learn in English. And they learn from reading from other developers. You, you simultaneously have a lower expectation, uh, let's say, in terms of uh, language and grammar. You can make a spelling mistake at, in, for a developer tools company, and it's not a big deal as long as the product is amazing. Um, it, it, and, and you don't really have to adapt even to developers at SMBs. They've almost all inevitably run into a situation, especially people using new technology um, like Algolia or like Stripe or like Auth0. Um, they've almost all inevitably had to do something in English and, and, and are comfortable with that. 
Uh, and so I think that I think that vastly changes it. I, I I agree, and I and I think it's a big weakness in Europe um, to, that that there is often a temptation to localize very quickly in an effort to go pan-European very quickly. However, I think the the market pool is so big for for English that no matter where you are, I think it, uh, uh, it it's a it's a really hard sell to convince me that you should start even if you're based in Paris. To, to start in French. It's a very hard sell to convince me that that's a good idea. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm totally with you on that. So any European SaaS founders out there, then uh, hope you're paying attention to, to that. Um, we could dig into Algolia a little more deeper. And could you tell us, you know, what were some of the most effective and successful brand campaigns that you ran? I think that um, one, of the, one of the biggest challenges that uh, Algolia faced when I arrived um, and, and that we'll continue to face for a long time as, as we evolve, as, as, as they evolve as a company, um, is uh, finding the, the most concise language to, to talk to a certain persona, a certain set of our users or segment of our users, so that they understand exactly what we want them to understand. Uh, and I'll give you a really good example. Uh, I went to Slush last year uh, in Helsinki, uh, and we took, a, we took a stand because uh, I, I love the conference and I wanted to be there and I wanted to invest in it. Um, and so we went there and I remember one of the first people that I pitched, uh, I, I had given a quick talk and then I came off and, and uh, stage and uh, was at my stand and someone came up and said, Oh, Algolia, what do you do? Which is a great, it's a great place. You know, there's no preconceived notions. Uh, and we had a little backdrop that said uh, hosted search API. And so I said, Oh, well, we're a hosted search API. Uh, and the first response I got was, Oh, so you're good for SEO. Uh, and this was a very common um, experience for us, uh, was as soon as you say search, people go to Google. And so no matter what other terms you use, uh, you've got an issue, which is people are already trying to figure out how does a hosted API help me with Google? Uh, and, 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 and that became really one of the, the larger uh, challenges that I focused on uh, while I was there. Uh, and so one of the, some of the terms that you'll see um, on the homepage today are, are the result of, of multiple rounds of iteration. For example, one of the things on the homepage is building blocks for creating great search. Uh, and those six words are the product of hundreds of attempts um, and, and really uh, intentional decision on every one of those words. We wanted to explain to people that we were an API without necessarily having to say that. So we, we went from building blocks to give that connotation that you can piece things together. Uh, we wanted to talk about creating search because you don't have to code the search. Uh, not all of our users are, are developers. Some of them are uh, product managers. So you, 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 we wanted to uh, reach a wider audience and great search, not good search, because I think the, the, the bar um, for, for most people building search uh, or creating search is I'm going to try, if I invest a lot of time, it might be good. Uh, and so uh, finding, uh, I would say like, little nuggets of brand in, in, in finding those right words uh, was, was one of the things that I was most proud of is, is sitting back at the end of the day and, and looking at those words and saying that is the most succinct uh, way to, to explain the idea that we want people to walk away with. Um, there were some other cool projects we did though. Um, we have a billboard in San Francisco uh, and today it currently says uh, search as a service, enterprise trusted, developer approved. Uh, and, and that was a long conversation to figure out what words we wanted to get on there. 
Um, trust is a huge part of us, and we really wanted to push uh, this idea, uh, th th this notion that enterprises were increasingly reliant on uh, Algolia. Uh, we, you know, there are Fortune 10 companies that, that rely on Algolia, and there are Fortune 500 companies and Fortune 5000 as well. Um, but we also wanted to explain that first and foremost, we are a developer-approved company. Uh, and so finding those, you know, distilling that down into a, uh, a pseudo serial commercial uh, of uh, enterprise trusted developer approved um, is uh, was a big um, was it was a big move for us. Uh, and then the, one of the last ones, which uh, still hasn't come out yet that I really liked is um, I, I, one of our big um, uh, uh, moves right now is moving from uh, a, a unilateral conversation with developers and just talking to developers to talking to developers and product managers and engineering uh, directors and, and really looking at all of the people that that are uh, that have relationships and that become heroes um, for Algolia um, and uh, and and one of the one of the phrases that we've been talking about uh, recently was you love product we love search and and I felt like that's so um, so succinctly uh, summarize the relationship that we wanted to have with product managers, which is as much as you are passionate about product, we are passionate about search. Uh, and, and, and that really, that, that as, a, um, as a campaign theme really allows you to, um, to, 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 to get very creative. And it's very easy to take that base theme and, and play with it a thousand times. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And always, it's quite typical that the shorter the, the text or the fewer the words, for sure, the longer it took to get to that conclusion. So, uh, yeah, I would say uh, we, we used our boardroom uh, and filled it with, you know, 12 people multiple times um, to go through there. And, and it's funny how quickly, um, uh, how, how, where the best ideas would ultimately came from um, were typically not myself. Um, uh, again, a lot of the job, um, both in communications and in content, I, I don't think this is just a, a brand activity. If you're a content manager, a lot of your job is to take the internal conversation and make it external. Um, it, worked, it worked very well to our advantage that Algolia is a transparent company. Transparency is a big part of who we are, which meant that 99.9% .9 of internal conversations were um, okay to talk about publicly. Um, and um, however, that's always the job is to identify um, the way that your colleagues talk about things and look at them through the lens of what if someone outside the company heard that, what would they think? And it's not just a what you shouldn't say, it's maybe we should be saying what they're saying more often. Um, I, I know that uh, someone from our developer relations team came up with this uh, campaign idea last year. They, they were playing around with something and, and they wanted to just make it really easy to make something searchable. And uh, he was telling me about it. He said, yeah, I just want to make it searchable. And I was like, that, make it searchable. It's such a, it's such a succinct way to describe what Algolia does. You have a product, we make it searchable, right? That's, I mean, that's, you couldn't come up with that better with a, with a, with a, with a brand, you know, with a creative agency. So, yeah. Yeah. And I have to ask now, in the world of SaaS, we're obsessed with metrics. So how did you actually measure brand and understand how well the Algolia brand was performing? Yeah, I mean, um, well, there's, there's two things. Um, so you can run a brand awareness survey. It's a very traditional um, marketing uh, activity or, or, or even communications activity um, where you essentially send out a survey to 2,000 or so um, 
uh, of people in your target segment. And you, and you basically have, uh, you can ask a variety of questions and it's very important how you ask the questions, but there's two major steps uh, to a brand awareness survey. Um, uh, one is what people say about you um, before they know that you're the one asking the questions. So in the very beginning, you ask questions like, when you think of search, who do you think of? Um, and this might surprise you, but when we first asked that question, people said Google. Um, <laughs> and, you can, and then you can dive in more deeply. Uh, and say, when you think about building search into your application, because we've already filtered people out who are product builders, uh, who do you, what do you think of using? What technology do you think of using? And then you start to see different people say, uh, Google still, because some people believe that that's what Google does. Um, but you also see um, people saying Elastic, people saying Algolia, people saying, you get a really good idea of the landscape. And then somewhere in the middle of this survey, you say, what do you think of Algolia? And that does two things. One, you get an idea of what people think of Algolia. And two, it signals to whoever's taking the survey that you're the one asking the questions. As otherwise, it's weird that you're asking that. Uh, and then everything after that section, the last half, is all about seeing how people respond to similar questions uh, when they know that you're the one asking. Uh, so you can ask, for example, which of the following technologies would you consider using if you were building search into your product today? And Algolia is one of the ones that are on the list. So is Elasticsearch, so is whatever else you might think of. Um, and, and, and so you basically run this survey and you get all your numbers back and you run it again in a month or in a quarter or in a year. Uh, and, that's, and, and you use that to create your own uh, brand awareness benchmark, right? And so this is a really good way where you can take people who maybe are customers, maybe aren't customers, just really people in your segment to get an idea of how many people have heard of us, how many people even better think of us when they think of the thing that we want them to think of us when they think of, ooh, that's a little, that's a little too many words, uh, but you get the, you get the idea. Um, and so, so that's one way to do it. Um, in, in, in earnest, I should say that Algolia uh, and, and myself, I did not run that survey as often as I should have. Uh, I ran it when I wanted to see how that was evolving. Um, but ideally you would run it uh, with uh, every single quarter without question, um, and just to get a baseline and, and in the market or markets that you care about. However, uh, we had other metrics that we were looking at um, that, that allowed us to see the impact of brand. Um, so, so one of them obviously is traffic. Um, so, so we looked at growing traffic to the blog was a pretty direct relationship uh, to awareness. Um, uh, but we also looked at uh, organic inbound signups um, and, 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 and specifically traffic that was coming from either referral traffic or direct traffic. That is people just typing Algolia, uh, landing on the page, signing up and going. Uh, because there's only a number of reasons why you might do that. Uh, and one of them is you've already heard of us, right? And that's, and that's a really good way to think about brand is anyone who just comes and signs up uh, which is why brand is so important in a self-service SaaS uh, environment, uh, is doing so because they already have an idea about what you do. They don't need your pitch. They don't need to run through the product page or request a demo. They already have an idea. They're going to jump in, and then as soon as they get stuck through, they're going to talk to someone or go use your competitor. Um, and so th that was definitely a metric that we looked at. We looked at how um, you know traffic converted to signups, how it converted to newsletter um, signups, what our open rate was of our newsletter. These are all good metrics to be tracking for any marketing team, but you can really get an idea of what your brand perception is just, just by looking at how many people have heard of you uh, and, and how many people are coming to take a look at what you're doing. Yeah. And now actually I could just uh, ask as a bit of a wrap up, 
if we take a step back from Algolia. So what advice would you actually give to SaaS companies about building a strong and unique brand? Yeah, that's, um, that's a really, I think um, be authentic um, is, is probably the best way to, um, yeah, I would say be authentic. Um, it, it, it's so much easier than lying, um, which, which is what you end up having to do if you do anything else other than being authentic. Uh, don't pretend you're good at something you're not. Um, don't uh, don't make a promise you can't deliver on. Don't curse whoever is in the next step of the funnel by setting them up for failure. Um, I, I think that is so. It's so easy to say why. Here's five reasons why you should switch from our competitor. But is that really a good idea? Is your sales team going to be able to close a deal based on the promises that you just made? Uh, and I think that's a really important thing to go for. Um, where Algolia has been the most successful is at being able to say, here are the use cases where we are not the best solution. Um, and here are the use cases where we think you should give us a shot. Um, humility makes it much easier to be a marketer and also very difficult. You're not allowed to be braggadocious. Um, but you also end up in a situation where people trust you a lot more because you don't brag and you don't lie. Yeah, love it. Awesome. All right, now let's uh, just move on to the closing questions. And we have this thing called the Fast Five Challenge. So all I do is just ask five quick questions and all you need to do is answer as quickly as possible. So you're ready? I'm ready. All right, let's do it. So first question, which is the one book that you would recommend to others to read? So right now I'm reading a book called The 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing. In fact, I'm not even sure if it's 22. I'm pretty sure it's 22. It is um, 22, yeah. So uh, 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing. And there's a good chance that I'm reading it because of you. Um, okay. Because, I think, because I'm pretty sure you or someone else I was uh, reading from about two months ago mentioned it. Uh, they mentioned as, as uh, they mentioned one of the laws. And I thought, oh, that's interesting because I, I come from a mathematics background and I thought that's kind of cool that there's this idea of immutable laws. Um, and as someone who, I, I think anyone who doesn't have a traditional marketing background, as in you didn't study it in college and have to read a bunch of marketing books, uh, I think this is a great book. Um, there's some really outdated references that I love, um, but it also makes really astute um, comments um, that, that I think were very uh, avant-garde at the time that it came out in, I think, 1993. Um, there's a whole section about Donald Trump in there. So I think for that alone, it's very interesting to read because they talk about Donald Trump's brand, uh, I think is, they talk, which is very interesting in the context of today versus 1993. Yeah, yeah, that's a great book. And uh, like you said, a lot of 90s examples, particularly from B2C, but there's tons of like good lessons you can pull out from that. And the fact that it's still relevant today shows that there's uh, some really good stuff. So yeah, I can, I can totally recommend that one as well. That, that's, that's probably actually the, the, the you, you're touching on probably one of the single most important things about doing brand and SaaS today, which is um, where SaaS companies are successful today and are going to be successful in the next 10 years is by stealing the playbook from B2C marketing. Um, if you think about what made B2C marketing make sense, uh, mass distribution, giant audience, uh, 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 the, the emotional relationship that people are going to have to the product. All of those things now apply to self-serve SaaS products and even enterprise SaaS products. I just think that self-serve makes the funnel much more fluid. Um, and, and I think if you look today at what's working for brands like Slack, like Airbnb, like Zendesk, 
it is the same playbook that ad agencies and, and branding and creative agencies have been using for 40, 50, 60 years. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Second question. So a SaaS right. company that you love and why? Ooh, um, okay. So um, one, of the, one of the companies I'm really in love with right now is Mad Kudu. Um, I, I think they've, they've come up before on the podcast, but um, Mad Kudu is a really uh, amazing product. They're, they're, um, I, I think they're, they're one of the only companies that I see that are, that are um, building a product that I haven't seen anywhere else. Um, I'll, uh, to give you context, Mad, uh, Mad Kudu uh, is a, uh, a decision-making engine for your entire um, funnel, marketing or sales. Um, and so it'll do things like, uh, so Algolia was a customer and we used it to do lead scoring, really basic concept. Uh, most people build their lead scores or whatever. Um, and, and Mad Kudu just comes back, takes the email and then tells you, this is a very good lead. This is a very bad lead. And it takes into account a bunch of really interesting things, but I, it doesn't even matter what it is from my perspective because it's accurate. Um, and so I think they're doing something really interesting, which is, um, I haven't seen anyone as good as them um, uh, at, at what they're doing. And they're talking to people that no one else is talking to today, which is marketing ops. Our, the biggest fan inside Algolia of Mad Kudu and, and the hero that championed it was our uh, marketing ops person. Um, and uh, that the brand that they've managed to build with, without, for, forget reach um, and, and being well known, every single person who knows of them loves them. Yeah. And actually G from Drift, he was talking a lot about Madkudu in the last podcast that came up. I know he uses them as well and loves them. So, all right, there you go. Check it out. Madkudu. Um, third question, your favorite place to read about marketing online. So I'm, I'm a simple man. Um, I, I don't necessarily read all the fancy blogs. Uh, uh, I just follow Jason Lemkin on Twitter and that pretty much covers everything for me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I like, I like all of my SaaS advice in haiku form and he, and he delivers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're big fans of Jason as well. We got to get him on the show, I think. So if he's listening, then uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> let's I, do it. I, I both hope he is and hope he isn't. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, fourth question: Your most important growth metric? Churn, one hundred percent. You can't have growth if you're bleeding, uh, and uh, churn is such a good indicator of of neglect. Uh, and where that neglect is, um, uh, yeah, turn 100%. All right. And the fa final question, your best piece of advice for fellow SaaS marketers? Be authentic every time. Uh, uh, if, if, you're, if you're doing any sort of marketing campaign, honestly, just step back and ask yourself, what does this make me feel? Not as an employee or the person running the campaign. What does this honestly make me feel? If you're, if it doesn't make you feel anything, then you got to change what you're doing. If it makes you angry. Okay. Then just ask yourself, is anger the right emotion? But if it makes you feel indifference, then you got to start again. Be authentic. Love it. Hey, Liam, thank you so much for joining us on the growth Hub podcast this evening. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thanks for having me. That was Liam Bugar sharing his insights on brand strategy and marketing within the world of B2B SaaS. If you enjoyed this episode, then you can follow Liam and give him a shout out on Twitter at Liam Bugar. Also, if you're enjoying the Growth Hub podcast, then please subscribe, leave us a review. We truly appreciate any feedback you have. And you're always welcome to get in touch with me on Twitter at Nordic Edward or then on LinkedIn.
So thank you for listening to the Growth Hub podcast brought to you by SaaS marketing agency, Advanced B2B. This is your host, Edward Ford, signing off and make sure you check out the Growth Hub at advancedb2b.com slash the Growth Hub for more content and resources on everything B2B SaaS growth. It's our job to tell better stories. And always remember, it's the risk takers that are rewarded. People are sick and tired of being marketed to, and they're sick and tired of being sold. The single biggest story today in sales and marketing is how our customers are buying different